Four Finger Discount is brought to you today by Podbean, the podcasting app that not only allows you to record on the go, but also upload from anywhere in the world on your mobile device. The Podbean app makes it simple to get started with podcasting. No expensive equipment required. All you need is an idea and Podbean does the rest. So download the Podbean app now for your Apple or Android device and enjoy the freedom of mobile podcasting. That was a right pretty speech, sir. But I ask you, what is a contract? Webster's defines it as an agreement under the law which is unbreakable. Which is unbreakable. Excuse me, I misused the restroom. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Quotes that nobody gets any more Facebook page, nohomers.net, popculture.com.au and Podbean. Yep. I'm Dando. You're Dando. <laughs> there it is. There's I'm... so many sponsors now, I forget to say the extra bit. Do we have to, well, I mean, do we still have to say their name after doing the recorded intro? We've gone to so much effort. Yeah, they're Podbean, of course we do. Okay. Why not? Well, you, Give me one good reason why we shouldn't. I can't. And why, why should we keep saying it, Mitch? Well, because they've been massive um, supporters to us ever since we yep. jumped jumped over to them. I mean, our numbers have gone through the roof since yeah, joining. top 10 TV and film podcast. Since joining Podbean. And for you guys out there, we, we know there are a lot of people that contact us saying they want to get into podcasting or back into podcasting. So there's your avenue to go do it. You can record anywhere you want in the world. Yep, anywhere on the go, upload on the go. You can be out in the middle of the wilderness mm. recording a podcast about... What would you record a podcast about out in the wilderness? Uh, squirrels. Okay then, why not? Mm. Would you listen to a podcast about squirrels though? For how long? How long do you reckon you'd give it? Five minutes? No. Well, look, if you're in the trees with them, then I think it would be fascinating. <laughs> that would be cool, wouldn't it? A man living with raised by squirrels. There you go. That is your task for this week. Start a podcast about yeah. squirrels in the wilderness. Oh, you know what? Podcasting would be a perfect technology for. I've long thought of an experiment you could do to try and push evolution along, and it was mostly based on watching Waterworld. But imagine. <laughs> They, they do water births, right? Like, you know, ladies will, will give birth into the water. Yes. I've, I've, I had to watch it as part of the health class back in high school. So, imagine a whole family, eventually a whole town that has never left the water. Like, you, you have like... A, a new life under the sea. Yeah, you have like a little, you know, you put some temperature control, like have it in a controlled environment so that people aren't getting sick and pneumonia and all that sort of stuff. But for, for decades and for centuries, you keep breeding people in the water. And just see how that... It'll be like the Galapagos Islands, but for humans, you just see how they evolve as opposed to the rest of humanity. So, they're living in like a dome or just in suits? Let's let's call it a dome. But it'd have to be a big, big dome. So, like, you don't want them to necessarily know that they're in a dome. Well, maybe you could. Like, maybe the first ones. <laughs> the, the, it could the early, be like living in a house. The though. ones going in... Yeah, it could just be like living in a house. The ones going in certainly know that they're in a dome. But, you know, eventually people are going to grow up and that's only that's the only life that they know. I want to know, will they... Will, surely they'll become better swimmers. How many years of living in water does it take to become... To be able to swim 100 metres faster than Ian Thorpe? Be able to hold your breath for five minutes. Yeah. Some people can actually do that already. Some people can already, but like how long how long to be able to do it from birth? Yes. Like you just come out from birth. <laughs> You're four months old and you can just take off and put me back in. Put me back in. So we're here to review Treehouse of Horror Four. What were your thoughts on this well, one, Mitchell? Well, the fact that we're here to review Treehouse of Horror Thor is why I've taken Thor. a very Thor. <laughs> 
is why I've taken a very long divergence already at the beginning of the episode. There's nothing to say. These aren't my favourite episodes to review because they're just, like, they're funny, they're hilarious, they're great to watch, but they're just never quite as interesting to talk about. I look through each little segment and I go, oh, yeah, there's two or three little things I can say about each of these, but for the most part... It would just be me sitting here repeating the jokes that they did. That's I'm writing my notes. I'm thinking, oh, we're going back to old ways of just repeating the gags. But it's because it's the non-canon. So there's no overriding themes that sort of mm. continue on to the next episode. It's just parodies of classic yeah. sci-fi and horror movies. And also because they're so short, there's no real story arc no to talk about. No at all. Yeah. No. The, but again, that's... But it was a great trio of horror. Best one to date. Yeah. They've really found their groove now, haven't they? Yeah, they have. And as I was going to say, don't take that as a negative about nope. Treehouse of Horrors as a whole. It's just that this podcast won't be great. I remember as a kid, I always loved Terror at Five and a Half Feet. It was always one of my favourites. I still remember watching it for the yeah. first time. It was so great. And I, I loved it as a kid, and I was so excited when I got older and found the Twilight the Shatner, Zone yeah. version of it. I um, but Well, both the Shatner and the Lithgow. Yeah. In the movie. I, I saw Lithgow first. I saw Lithgow yeah. first as well, which... It's from the movie, isn't it? That's yeah. A good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's so goddamn good in yeah. that. It's the... I think his performance is the peak of that movie. My my first experience of Lithgow would have been Harry and the Hendersons mm-hmm. and then Third Rock from the Sun. He is so fucking funny in Third Rock from the Sun. It was Third Rock for me. I hadn't seen Harry and the Hendersons as a kid. I saw it as a kid. Go home! Go, oh, man, let's, let's not get into it. We'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> so, a uh, bit of trivia about the episode, please. I'll kick it off. Who went mad in 15 minutes? Oh. Sorry, I thought you meant trivia was in your little facts. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, how condescending was that? As it, the little facts that you do. <laughs> um, uh, it was, um, oh, I can't remember the name. I didn't quite hear it properly the first time, but I know that he was like a celebrity cookbook. James person? Coco. James Coco. I'm not sure whether it's him or not, but he was on The Muppet Show once. I'm fairly sure he sang the song Short People Got No Reason to Live on the Muppets. Have you ever heard that song, uh, Short People? Yeah, that's Randy Newman that sang the song. Ra- yeah, no, but no, I'm pretty sure but James Coker did a cover did a of it cover on the Muppets. Yeah. Oh, whoever sings it on the Muppets, you have to YouTube it. It's so fucking okay. great. It's amazing. Well, or just skip straight to the Randy Ver- Randy Newman. Version, oh, yeah. Because it is hilarious. But, but watching him pick on Muppets whilst he's yeah, doing it. that's true. <laughs> um, <but laughs> I love the, the line in short people that they got... No little, reason to live. I love it. They got little um, little cars going beep, beep, beep. They got tiny little mouths going beep, beep, beep. <laughs> what about Quality. walk around town and great big lies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be our outro music. Because <laughs> we don't want no short people around here. Don't. Well, they got no reason to live. Um, How did he get away with singing that? Because it's a parody song. Like, I the know. The whole thing is to parody Can the you ridiculousness. Can someone of- made that now? Well, he did make it now two years ago when he sang uh, I'm Dreaming of a White President. What? Yeah, it was the same. It's very similar concept, much more blatant. It but was, didn't short people like make the top 10? When yeah, it came I think so. That's true. <laughs> I'm Dreaming of a White President was a quiet little YouTube release. Yeah. But I'm Dreaming of a White President was, again, like calling out the blatant ridiculousness of really, really racist people. It's like, um, shut up at your face. Yeah. It's, uh, what is it? He might not be the brightest, but he'd be the whitest. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that will stay on YouTube. That will be making the Aria Top 40. It's, it's done in this beautiful, like, m- not melancholy, but it's like this wistful kind of, I, I just want a better world type way. It's it's a really, it's not funny song on face value. Like, as in, I don't laugh at it going, ah, You don't white, endorse it. How amazing would a white president be? Um, but I, I just, it's hilarious. It's a really, really great fucking song. YouTube it. I love Randy Newman. Check I'm, it out, guys. Sorry, this is going to become the Randy Newman podcast. <laughs> What's your trivia question? What you um, got? You got any? Yeah, no, I do. Or have you just got some little facts What flavour was the Forbidden Donut? What flavour? Yeah. What colour icing? Oh, pink. 
Yeah. So presumably strawberry. Okay. Yeah. So I, I pink isn't a flavor. I wouldn't have even been able to tell you that. Pink is a color. <laughs> What's when it comes to lollies and things? It's that's a flavor. Like I don't like yellow flavored lollies. Yellow is not a flavor. It is to me. It's a color. My favorite flavor is purple. <laughs> Purple's not a fruit. <laughs> What time did Lionel Hutz leave to escape out of the toilet? Ah. uh, um, No, didn't pay attention. 12.35am. Okay. What, (laughs) well, in light of our recent conversation, what flavour was Homer's wedding suit? Blue? Yes, it was blue. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, was it strawberry? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think. Salmon? Uh, Okay, so what does Inferno, because he says the Inferno, Infernal Affairs, Mm. what what language does Inferno mean hell? In what language does yeah. Inferno mean hell? Greek? No, Italian. Italian. Mm. I had no idea. I learned that. <laughs> okay. I was just trying to... Yeah. I was using a little bit of deductive reasoning there. I was thinking of Dante's Inferno. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Solid just, reasoning. Just to show that I know about books. Um, what is the special ingredient of Joy Joys? One of Uda's snacks. Special ingredient? Yeah. On know, the bag. I know it says mit odine or something. Iodine. Oh, it's iodine. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was just a and German word for something. Mit is German for with. Oh, so wow. Joy joys with iodine. <laughs> that's great. I, did, I just thought it was a German word. Yeah. Uh, Infernal Affairs is a 2002, because that's what the judge says in the mm. court case, is a 2002 Hong Kong movie. Called the Departed. Me. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Any more questions? <laughs> it was like sale of the century. Yeah. Just coming in. Two words in, and then the two other contestants are like, motherfucker. It reminded me of just then, I'm like, I watched Family Feud before work. It's okay. Just, it gets replayed at eight. Don't ask me why, I just watch it while I'm eating mm. breakfast. And this morning or yesterday morning, the guy, because he reads out the question and it's the sudden death at the end. Yep. He slams his hand on the buzzer before he finishes asking the question. And then he stood there and waited for him to finish. And he's like, well, you pushed the buzzer too early. He's like, um, I did that. Snakes? That had nothing to do with the fucking question. I did that very thing on Million Dollar Minute. Oh, really? When, like, uh, have I ever spoken about being on that? Yeah, show? Have, yeah I think sp- I have. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so there is footage of me. I, 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 I even <laughs> Your know, face would have been so good. Uh, it, it was. It was <laughs> like, I, I'll do my best recreation for you. Obviously, for listeners, bad luck. You won't see this, but. Hang on. I'll get the iPad out. I'm going to film this. For no, the it, it's not worthy of that. I, I promise <laughs> it's not that good. But it was, uh, I don't remember what the question was, but I was halfway through and I got a little excited and I buzzed and then all the eyes were on me. And I was went, it's like, it was mentioned. I have absolutely no idea. You said that. <laughs> <laughs> what did everyone do? Then, look, it just went, and then they moved on to the next one. <laughs> no one laughed. No, there was, there was no laughter. I was kind of laughing to myself. But, How bad did you feel? Um, oh, look, honestly... I didn't have time to dwell on it. But it was like, well, there's more questions coming my way. What can I do? Oh, you would have hoped for at least a laugh just to break the ice. Would have been nice. I'm sure someone in the crew would have smirked. But, you know. <laughs> Look, they sit there, they sit <laughs> so there and record six or seven episodes a day. I'm sure I'm not the first person that buzzed in with something stupid. Oh, of course. So, it would have yeah. just been part, you know, run of the mill for them. Yeah. What new painting do the Simpsons own? In Bart Stoker's Dracula. Yes, I like Bart this. Stoker. Bart Simpson's Dracula. It's a great transition. It's the dogs playing yeah. poker. Yeah, really yeah. well done. And my final question is how many bullets did Willie have to put in his mule? 17. 17. Correct. Any I'm, more from you? No, I'm good. That is trivia for this week. Okay, a few facts about the episode before we get into the full review. By the way, we're going to read out the Patreon names when we get to the mailbag. So stay tuned for that, guys. Haven't we done that? We haven't done it yet, no. Last episode? We've got some more this week. No, no, no. I said we're going to do it monthly. Oh, we go we go okay. doing it weekly, and okay. then we fuck up and we miss people. <laughs> okay, then. So, well, monthly, thank you to our subscribers from this week. I've Patreon. built a report. Yes, you have. It, it will come through. All right. Okay? So, 
first episode of every month will be our Patreon month. If you want to get access Patreon, to ex- sorry, Patreon week. Yes, if you want to get access to our exclusive podcast videos, we did we threw up a Simpsons Wrestling Let's Play from the PS One last week, which we was did, that hilarious. Went well. Yeah, it went really, really well. We put up a little teaser on the Facebook page. If you haven't checked I, it out yet, I still don't know what I did. It was amazing. <laughs> We're both dead. <laughs> Somehow I killed both of us. You did. Ah, so it's patreon.com it like slash Rocky. Discount. <laughs> it was the end of Rocky. Yeah. Both of us on the ground, desperately trying to get up before the standing eight count. <laughs> For boxing fans out there, standing eight count. Was, I, I said that, and I knew it was the wrong term. Don't write in. Facts are meaningless. You can use facts to prove anything that's even remotely true. Facts, Max. A few facts about the episode. I found this one believe it or not, on Urban Dictionary. But I looked it up. It's actually legit, what? right? It's legit. So this, Oh, the Rear Admiral? Yes. I, I was going to... Sorry, I was thinking, what could have come on Urban Dictionary? Have you read this as well? No, I haven't. So but I have spent many a filthy afternoon on Urban Dictionary. So this is... <laughs> I can't believe you guessed it was Rear Admiral. Have you ever looked up my name on Urban Dictionary? No, we'll do that later then. And we'll do that after you read out this fact. So Rear Admiral is nothing. Basically, so an interview with... Well, the, it doesn't exist. No, it's not a real thing. Or the at ca- the time. At the time, the cast and crew made it up. Okay. So the creators of the, of the show, The Simpsons, were interviewed, and the original script read, Bart say, Milhouse, Milhouse, wake up quick, look out the window, mm. where Milhouse then says, oh, I'm going to be at Rear Admiral and Wet Willie and all that. He originally said, no way, Bart, if I lean over and put my face against the window, you're going to smash it or maybe even pinch my butt real hard. And they right. thought... That didn't read very funny. No, it's it not read very kind funny. of creepy. Yeah. So they tried to think of different ways, different funny things that could happen to him. Mm. And that's where they just made up Rear Admiral because it included his bum. Okay. So that's the first fact of this week. Right. <laughs> Second of all, this was Conan O'Brien's final writing credit. He did the wraparounds where Bart was through the night gallery. Yep. Through the art gallery, I should say. Which was a takeoff of the TV show, Night Gallery, where a guy would go into an art gallery, talk about a painting, and then there'll be a story about the painting. Yeah. Very similar Which to was, uh, this episode. Which was by Richard's... Rod Serling. Rod Serling, that's it, correct. And apparently there was lots of deleted scenes, one of which we see in the 138th episode, Spectacular, with Homer's head becoming a bowling ball, and it mm. smashes open when it hits the pins and whatnot. Yeah. But there's plenty others that are available on the DVD set. Okay. Now, my facts for this week. Now, Mitch, you've Googled, no, you've Urban Dictionary. I've Urban Dictionary myself, and I highly recommend everyone out there, Urban Dictionary is their own first name. So, my first top definition, a male bitch, someone who loves to get others into trouble to draw attention to themselves. Uh... Dude, quit being such a Mitch. Obviously, I looked at that one. I don't know if I fully agree. Pretentious. So I might scroll. <laughs> I might scroll down a little bit. Mitch, one of the coolest, if not the coolest, human-created names ever to grace this planet. So Almost is this Mitch Grinch or just Mitch? Just Mitch. Okay. Almost every single person with this godly gift of a name has pure awesomeness coursing through their blood. So you added this one, correct? Yeah. No, no, no. I haven't written any of this. Uh, Mitch, a super sexy guy with a huge penis. Penis in capital letters. <laughs> But no, my favourite one is the fourth the fourth one, and this is the one that I believe to be true in my heart of hearts. It simply is Mitch, a cheeseburger-eating beast. Yeah, that pretty much sums you up to a T. <laughs> the use of it in a sentence, damn, that Mitch can throw down cheeseburgers. You, you, you very often rock up with burgers from Boss Burger. <laughs> well, can, can you um, do Brendan? Yeah. With an A. Yeah, I know how to spell you. No Brendons or Brendens. Good Lord, this is a long term. Oh, that's. I hope it's bad. If you've got kids in the car, you might want <laughs> a very sexually active person that is always smoking marijuana. They don't know me at all. <laughs> he's, he, well, all right then. His dick tends to be larger than most. No, so don't know me at all. <laughs> 
Let's get back to The Simpsons. We are way off track, as we said, because there's not much to talk about. But the original air date was October 28th, 1993, almost Halloween. The couch gag was a family of zombies, and they burst through the floor and sit on the couch. Mm-hmm. And we've got the gravestones this week. Did you see what the gravestones were? Uh, Elvis accepted. Yes. Subtle political um, satire. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh wait, no, sorry. That was before that, was, that one. It was a balanced budget yes. on a tombstone. I that's and the then, one you would remember. <laughs> yeah, and then subtle political satire, yep. which I loved because you know it's they've, they've made the joke and then they've made the joke about themselves making the joke. Yep. And then TV violence. Yes. And, with blood coming out and bullet holes, like the tombstone. Like the bullet holes. Yeah, yeah the tombstone yeah, yeah. gets shot up, which may, leads me to believe it's a living tombstone. Yeah, that gives I feel sorry for creepy it. new meaning. I know. Right. So it opens with Bart doing his what do we call these wraparounds? I guess. Uh, he's walking mm. through the paintings. This is, as we said, the final work from Conan. I think he yeah. did a really good job. Short of, and sweet. A lot shorter than I remember them being. Yeah. A lot of classic uh, art. Like paintings, yeah. Paintings in the background. The um, Screaming sort of, Lisa. Yeah. I can't remember what... The Impossible Stairs? Is that what they... No, it's not uh, that. Everyone knows. It's from it's la- a kind of from Labyrinth. We know David Bowie's walking up and down the stairs. Yeah, that's what it's from. Yeah, that's, that's exactly where it was from. invented. The parody of that. <laughs> um, I'm glad they got rid of these, though, because they just took up time. They did not need to be there. They break up the episodes. I kind of like the... They've got a quaint little throwback feeling about them that I enjoy. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, because it does make you realise you're watching an older one. Yeah, but it's also like a throwback to an older time when TV shows would have... Like Tales from the Crypt and that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, true. I like that little concession to to form. I can still understand, though, why the writers were glad to get rid of them. Yeah, of course. Because it would just be annoying. It buys yourself some more time in segments where where you're already so starved of time. Yeah. Then, so it was basically Bart explaining what's going to happen, and then we get Marge come out doing her part, her scolding classic, Bart, yeah. warning, you know, for not warning the audience about how scary the episode's going to be. Um, funny little gag here about how she says, you know, perhaps they'd like to go watch the listen M- to the War of the Worlds, the, yeah, the um, War of the Worlds broadcast on NPR. Yeah, the irony, obviously, being that that scared the shit out of people when it first came out. And people Shows thought how that aliens changed. were actually invading. Yes, yeah. how, how did people and, fall for that? Well, be- <laughs> because. And here's another little thing about what point is there to have a warning at the start of something if people don't watch it at the beginning? Because War of the Worlds, when it was broadcast, did broadcast a warning at the beginning saying that this is a work of fiction. It did do that? Yeah. I'm sure that that's the way it went down. But then a lot of people only turned into it, like, say, 20 minutes in. So to them, it's a fucking newscast of aliens invading Earth. (laughs) So, you know, in a time without the internet and TV and all that sort of gear, it would be very easy to, to... you turn your social radio media. on and go, what the hell? Yeah. How fucking amazing would it be if you were the guy pulling the prank? Did they know they were pulling a prank at the time? Or did they think that was doing well, a radio they play? They were as a prank. They were no, just no. doing a radio play. But did, did they realise that halfway through the show that people were actually believing it and went with it and oh, kept going? Dude, how could they? It's all happening too quickly for news to travel back then. Surely someone would have called the station and said, they is look this out, true? They look outside and someone's running down the street with a board with a nail in it. <laughs> Alrighty, so, as we said, uh, Marge leaves Maggie with Bart because she wants to go buy some earrings, which is kind of random, but anyway. And I like that she puts the pacifier, we call it pacifier because it's American, yeah. into Bart's mouth. And he says, the devil. Mm. But it spits it out. Well, well, well. What's your favourite story from this episode? Mine was the second. Um, I did yeah. appreciate the first one more. I've, I found oh. it funnier now, but I still like the second one the uh, most. Yeah, the second still, for me, feels the most like an actual horror movie yeah. while also being funny. Yep. But the first is pretty goddamn good. Um, the first is a take on an old... I presume this would have started as a play, but certainly an old movie called The Devil and Daniel Webster, in which I haven't seen the whole thing, but my take on it is... I'm fairly sure it's like a, a kind of local 
down on his luck or maybe he's a farmer who's had a bad crop or whatever it is. And similar deal. He sells his soul for the devil to be able to try and get rich quick. Something goes bad. He ends up being sued by the devil and he has to stand in front of a jury of his peers. Um, now, the devil is not there as the devil. He's as a, na- a guy named Mr. Scratch, I think. So he's, you know, there in human form. So this, this sounds like a direct parody of that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, massively. Okay. And, oh, I um, thought you were saying it, po- it could possibly be. Yeah, no, not possibly, just is. <laughs> I'm like, this is the um, story. <laughs> I'm fairly sure it was also remade as a TV movie starring Jack Lemmon, but I've never been able to find it, and I would love to, because I would love to see Jack What Lemon, was it called? The Devil and Daniel Webster. There you go. Mission for you listeners out there. If you can find it, what's, what's, what are you going to give him, Mitch? Um, all the money in my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nothing. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Well, they look that's, pretty full. That's the beauty. Or you're just happy to see me. That's the beauty of promising all the money in someone's <laughs> pockets. So what happens in this? What has a kickoff, Mitch? Homer's Dreaming of a oh, Fashion Show. Yeah, Homer's Dreaming of a Fashion Show. This is pretty funny, actually. Just a visual gag of... Well, you just see the legs first. So yes. he, it's like a legitimate fashion show and then they curl up and yeah. Homer just, ooh, delightful. No, pure uh, sorry, genius. Pure genius. That's right. <laughs> so good. And Wakes the, up, but Lenny and Carl have eaten all the donuts. Hmm. Oh, not all of them. What have they done with the rest of well, them? Well, they threw a couple of grandpa. Just for kicks. Got them stuck to the back of his head. Yep. I love that. Um, go away, buzzards. I'm not dead yet. Yes. He knows it's coming. Just though. a couple of crows. Yes. Buzzards. <laughs> or pigeons or whatever they were. Homer is then desperate for a donut. And he realizes he's already eaten his emergency donut. Mm. I, I, <laughs> this was good. Homer, remember your training. Pulls out the manual. I owe you one donut. Signed Homer. Yeah. Bastard. He's always, always one step ahead. <laughs> I remember as a kid, I used to always think, ooh, I hope I'm going to crack it. Because mum used to hate when I watched something with swear words. Oh, it? yeah, right. <laughs> and this this almost has son of a bitch in it as well. Yeah. Not quite though. So then he says he would sell his soul for a donut. And then bang, first appearance of Devil Flanders. Devil Flanders. The design was really well done. It was. Yeah. A, it was a, it, it's still... <laughs> Sorry. I just remembered something that I saw that was really, really funny. Um... It was, oh, what did they call it? You know what? You know a centaur, like yes, half yeah. horse, half man, like minotaur kind of thing. Yeah. Um. No, minotaurs don't have a man's head. They're they're like half, oh, they got the yes, yeah, yeah, yeah they've yeah. got a bull's head. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, so centaur, man's body on on a horse. Um. It was, I think it was called like a half centaur or something, or a, um. But it was like a centaur that is half centaur. So it was half horse, and then as it went up, it had another half of a horse, like. So, it was basically what the hell are you talking about? It was about? basically one and a half horses, and it's, fun, it's one of the funnier visual things I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm glad you got that out finally. Just, just picture a horse with six legs. <laughs> so there's two legs coming out of the head, you mean? Like out of the, where the head should be. Two legs coming out of where the chest was, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds great, Mitch. <laughs> but anyway, continue. So Flanders appears. And Flanders anim- appears. And it was really little... good, really good acting from Harry as well. Yeah. If, if it's felt, always the person you least suspect. Evil. But he wasn't too evil. Yeah, he still, he still flanders enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. That Burns the the Burns and Smithers line here when it cuts out and they're watching through the security monitors. Like, who is that goat legged fellow? Uh, Pretty sure darkness, sir. He's here eleven o'clock. I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he offers home with a donut, but he says, you know, people don't usually usually take into account the ramifications if you actually eat the Looks donut. Down. <laughs> Homer's, but yes, but Homer finds a loophole here. Yeah, which is really really funny. And Flanders can't do anything about it. Mm. The, the animation, too, of him when he gets really, really angry, looks reminded, great. Reminded me of Jafar from Aladdin. That's what it reminded me of, too. I looked into it. Apparently, it is a takeoff of a character from, uh, what's it called, Fantasia. Yeah. No, absolutely right. Chernobog or something. I was watching Fantasia just last night, coincidentally. Really? Yes. But because of this? No. It just happened to be... I'd had it recorded in my... Um, IQ. 
my IQ, you, yeah. or from our, our American listeners, in my DVR, and decided like I had like an hour to kill before wanting to go to bed, and all of the movies I had were two hours plus, and I was wandering through, and went, oh, Fantasia, I'll actually sit down and watch that. I got into um, like the first half an hour and did nothing for me. I feel like you need to drop acid. Yeah, it's just, I thought, this is it? This is what everyone talks You're about? supposed to just sit down and feel the music, Dando. Oh my God. It's an experience. It's not an experience. It is an experience. And to see it live would be even better. To have all that music played in a room yeah, around that, you. That's the same for anything, though. Yeah. But I was watching... I just, I, know, I just expected something better. It just nothing seemed to happen. Fantasia 2000's got Steve Martin and Penn and Teller make little appearances. They introduce as, the segments. As themselves, not cartoons. As themselves. I'm about to check it's it out. It's quite then. fun. Yeah. <laughs> is it better than Blues Brothers 2000? Yes. You like Blues Brothers 2000, don't you? No. I know you don't. Uh, so obviously, it's an ama- the only people that like that movie have sold their soul to the devil. Yes, they. As we said, Flanders threatens Homer. You are not smarter than me. I'll get you yet. Homer's then sleepwalking later that night, and he finds a forbidden donut in the fridge, mm. like little signs all placed my, around it. My favorite mm, that you get from Homer of all time. Really, mm, free goo is up there, but mm, forbidden donut. That is a good one. I will yeah. give you that. Uh, he obviously eats it. Then Flanders appears immediately and creates mm. the portal. And Marge walks in Homer, do you eat a donut? No <laughs> He just tries to deny it um, It's a really good animation too Of Marge's hair Getting pulled down At yeah. the portal as well Homer's fat ass Almost stops him from going down mm-hmm. But then Bart and Lisa walk in I love the casual. casual Hey Bart He, he hey. knows him yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He just knows him Yeah. Um, Lisa says that Homer Is entitled to a free trial uh, Not a free trial Is a fair trial To a fair trial yeah, so It's a free trial Makes no yeah. sense A fair trial Oh, you Americans with your due process and fair trials. <laughs> this is always so much easier in Mexico. He says you give him the fair trial, but he must spend the night in hell. Mm-hmm. I really liked this scene. The but I remember the part where he chops up Homer always creeped me out as a kid. Kind of reminded me of like sushi or something. Yeah, like it a does, sushi yeah. chef just going. Whoa, 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 whoa. I just remember going. Ugh. Like I just expect blood. <laughs> just the feet and the nose. Hot dog meat. You know, hot dog meat. But then I haven't eaten a hot dog since year eleven. Really? Yeah. I haven't eaten a sausage since year 11. Insert joke there. But I've like legit just haven't... Sat on plenty. <laughs> why, um, why? I just don't like them. I don't like their taste. You're such a fussy eater. I'll eat, I'll eat... Do you eat anything other than chicken? Beef. Okay. I just don't like them. I don't know what it is. What about curried sausages? Never had one. You've never had a curried sausage? Not once in my life. I will make you curried sausages. All right then. Do it. <laughs> right. Make, make the sausage as well. Or buy sausages and put it no, in No, you buy the sausages and you do a, a curry in them. So you peel the... Um, it's like a stir fry, but a sausage. Similarly, yeah. So you peel, like you get a... Cooking with Mitch you, and Dando. You, you get some curry... <laughs> you get some curry <laughs> paste. this scene lead to this? You get some curry paste. You pop it in water. You sort of mix it up and, until it thickens. And then you have to... Like you half boil the sausages. and But you, then once they're done and they cool down a little bit, you peel the skin off them. So then all the curry can absorb in the Everyone's feet. pausing the podcast right now getting a pen and paper. <laughs> <laughs> You go some frozen peas, some mashed potatoes, a little bit of onion, boom. Just boom. Just does it. So you, you throw it all in a bowl. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. fucking amazing dish. I'll <laughs> check it out. You have to make it for me one night. Bring, it, bring it in it's next a, week. It's, no, it's a winter dish. I've got to wait for it to cool down. Come on, man. You can't. It's 32 degrees right now. We can't be sitting here eating curry. <laughs> Alrighty, so Homer's in hell. And we have the... The ironic punishments lab. Yes. Now, this is my favorite this bit. Absolute classic. This is the most classic moment from the whole... Three stories, I think. Probably. Certainly very close. But what I love is that there's an office. Like, you're in hell. He falls down. There's all this, like, kind of existential and, and 
third or fourth dimensional and like weird animation and shit and he comes down onto a conveyor belt and like you always picture hell as being like this cave with fire like and bill and ted and yeah Jim. like bill and ted or the loony 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 bugs bunny movie uh, but then there's just a door <laughs> like a little door glass satan got in a sign writer to put up what room <laughs> this is <laughs> And you know this is a parody of an old cartoon called Pigs is Pigs, where oh, okay. a pig, which apparently looked like Porky Pig but wasn't Porky Pig, mm. sort of like a similar kind of thing, um, he was forced to eat all the food in the world because he was he was a glutton. Okay, and that's what this was a takeoff of, which is like seven, pretty much. Yeah, how crazy is it? Which is the one where we're starving in the bed and he's uh, still alive. He is. Isn't he glutton? No, he's he's sloth. 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 Yeah, yeah. Sloth. that scares the shit out of me. Still scares today. the shit out of the SWAT commander. <laughs> Wouldn't it scare the shit out of you? Yeah, you think a dude's dead and you just get that great <gasps> moment. <laughs> you did a really good job of that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that one prepared earlier. So, uh, do you want to... We'll just play the clip. So you like donuts, eh? Uh-huh. Well, have all the donuts in the world! I don't understand it. James Coco went mad in 15 minutes. I love it. I love the joy in Homer's face. Yeah. Just the More. unrelenting nature of it. <laughs> Have you seen the toy of this where it's an automated toy that keeps yes. going? I want one of them. I yeah. can't find it anywhere. It'd be a great money box. Like you, I love those automatic money boxes. Like a mouse trap. You, you put the coin on the slide, you moves. push a button, and then like Homer's mouth goes up and then... It shifts in there. Oh, that would be genius. Yeah. Oh, we should make it. We should. And then be sued. I'll get my boss to buy the license <laughs> for The Simpsons and we'll tell them what to okay. make. So, uh, the family are then waiting patiently the next night. And Homer, his fire cell appears. I don't like that they burnt the pets. Unnecessary. <laughs> when it appeared. You fucking Peter now. <laughs> <laughs> then Marge is like, Homer, are you okay? No. Because he wouldn't be. Sorry, did you hear that um, through the week Peter wanted to get the hunters and collectors to change their name? What? Yeah, like, no shit. Peter, the the animal rights activist group, wanted hunters and collectors who haven't released a song since fuck knows when <laughs> to change their name to something that was less offensive to animals. Let's not even go into it. <laughs> hunters and collectors. Who is sitting there listening to the Holy Grail and going, oh, what's this band's name? What's, uh- Let's go shoot things. Oh, hunters and collectors, get me rifle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Homer appears in the fire cell and Flanders appears and then Lionel Hutz walks in like he's combing his hair with a fork with a fork yeah classic Hutz Mr. Simpson don't you worry I watched Matlock in a bar last night the sound wasn't on but I think I got the gist of it by this point in the series everything Hutz says is funny yeah everything everything It's like, there's not one bit of filler even it's the, all the, gags even the next bit which isn't necessarily hilarious on the page but the um the with, you know uh, Making the rules kind of thing. The ground, the ground rules. Free rest breaks. Agreed. I get to choose my own jury. Agreed. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Silence. <laughs> that was really, really well done. How epic is the jury, by the way? Yeah, it's so good. That is badass. Mix now, it. do you know why the 76 Philadelphia Flyers were in there? No, but I you know, presume they did awful things to another team. Well, I looked it up. They are the only NHL team in history to beat the Soviet Union's Red Army. Apparently, they have like country versus country. Okay. And that year they were nominated in 1976 yeah. and they injured a couple of players 
and the Soviet Union stormed off the ice and said, we are not going back out on the ice until he is sorted out. And they spent the next 15 minutes scoring goals to an empty net. <laughs> but pretty much... They won 153 to two. This was live on television and the TV broadcasters pretty much said, if they don't get back out there, shit's going to go down. So they mm. went back out there, but it was just a big hoopla about them injuring the Soviet Union. And that's what this was about. They're the only team in history to beat the Soviet Union. At NHL level? Yes. Okay. No, no, no. Oh, well, the Soviet Union, yeah. because They used to choose an NHL team to... I was going to say, Miracle was obviously about Americans beating Russia, not the Soviet Union. Okay. Mm. Well, this is the Soviet Union. They're called Miracle the Red Army, ice. apparently. Anyway, so that's a little fact there. That, you got to talk about Nixon. Yeah, I love like Nixon protesting because he's not even dead. It's like, hey, I did a favor for you. <laughs> yes, master. One of the first real shots at Nixon... Like, they've had Nixon, and they're like, you'll pay. Oh, you'll pay. But they've never really shown him to be evil before. I love that they have him just as the evil head in Futurama. Yeah. That's great. Always wanting the nuclear weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, who else, who this feels like jury? a choice moment, again, actually, to mention Harry Shearer's YouTube series about Nixon, where they just went through the Watergate tapes. I still haven't watched it. And it's just replayed word for word. And there's no parody or anything like that. It's basically just recreated oh. to give you a window into what a meeting in the Oval Office must have So, they don't like. play the clips. They just quote it. It's like they tra- treat it as if it's a play. Harry is acting as Nixon. He's got prosthetics on direct, and all that sort direct, of stuff. Direct quotes from the yeah. tapes. Yeah. Verbatim tapes. That is very cool. Marge can't find enough chairs. This is a classic gag when you have a party. Yeah. There's never enough chairs. Never enough chairs. <laughs> I think that's where the game musical chairs came from. Possibly. I feel like... There would have been music on, and this is back in the days of tapes and cassettes or records that would stop eventually. So everyone would be sitting down, and then the music, apart from one person who doesn't have a chair, and then the music stops, and someone has to go change the music, and then boom, they lose their chair. That is a fair point. Musical chairs. Yeah, that one prepared earlier. No. No. (laughs) No, this is just the mood I'm in. Any other party games that you want to know the backstories of? Write in the mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Keep sending any questions in. We've got plenty to get through. Uh, Flanders then pleads his case mm-hmm. as to why he should have home assault forever. And well, why he has is a it? contract. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> it was scrummed in the He's got a, got a pretty simple legal argument. I love I have to, a signed piece of paper. I love to when he's given that theory about the signed contract. Lionel Hutz gives uh, Homer the look of, it's all right, mate. I've got this. Don't worry. Yeah. It's, all right. it's all good. A contract is unbreakable, which is unbreakable. <laughs> Excuse me, I need to use the restroom. <laughs> he just... Oh, my God, Lionel Hutz is so good. <laughs> uh, then he sneaks out, obviously. An hour later, he's, he's just gone. And then the, the judge... Is, are we going to call him the judge? judge yeah, what? the judge. Judge Skeletor. Judge Roy Bean. Okay, fair enough. He is about to rule in the favour of Devil Flanders mm-hmm. until Marge interrupts and does what, Mitch? Well, she brings out um, the wedding photo. Yes. Which I like, in, in which Homer has promised uh, Marge his soul for all eternity. Hmm. You got married in the emergency room? <laughs> because he ate the whole, he wedding, ate the cake whole wedding cake before the wedding. Yeah. Jury starts burst out laughing, but it's because of what's written on the back where he says, I give you my soul forever. Yep. And what's Lizzie Borden? Liddy Borden? Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden? Yes. She says, We've heard enough. Madam Four Person. They rule in the favor of well, Homer, Marge, and the mm. family. Homer gets to keep his soul, but what does the devil do to him? Uh, casts it to be on his head for all eternity. Well, not on his head, become his head, basically. Become his head, yeah. yeah. And it's a great reveal, too, where he just cuts to him eating his own head. Well, it is a funny thing how like you feel like that's the end of the act. Yeah. Uh, so it is a legitimate kind of surprise when you get that sting at the end, Yeah. and then the cops. Well, it's because he says, on your head, you don't, ex- you don't know what yeah. to expect. Yeah. He's yeah, got to come a- out of there sometime. Yeah, that was a great way to end it. Like, there's no other donuts in town. 
Well, that, like all of the cops have just got here's our donut sauce, but we this, can't go to the bakery anymore. Let's go eat a man. But this was the devil's donut, and it was the most scrumdiddlyumptious donut mm. of all time. Yeah, I suppose that's a fair point. And a bigger version of it. Mm. Come back from commercial, and Bart and Lisa are doing the monologue. This one's very short and sweet about the school bus, and Bart's yeah, trying must to compensate. Mean the cool bus. Yeah. Nope, school bus. And then Bart has the shit game. Well, there's nothing more terrifying than going to school. I, I, as I said here, I've got my notes. I just forgot how short these were. Mm. I just remember them being much longer. Anyway, so Terror at Five and a Half Feet, my favourite segment from the entire episode. Kicks off with Milhouse and Bart on the school bus. And Milhouse has the latest series of crusty cards. Seems dated now, but back when we crusty were kids. Crusty poses for a trading card photo. When we were kids, people collected cards. You said you've never collected them, really. No, I, I used never to love really collecting footy it. cards, and as you can see, other yeah. cards as well. But yeah, for me, cards was a thing. I learned very. Oh, well, I just always assumed it was a futile thing. Like, every trading card pack is built around the fact that there's going to be one really good card, but it's also going to be a really elusive card. And it's like trying to find a scratchy, like a winning scratchy ticket for $100,000. Like, you could buy, you know, you buy three or four packs and you get 15 of the same card. And you think, oh, good, I'll go trade them. But everyone has 15 of the same card. So, I never traded cards. Okay. My, my dad, was, if I liked a, like a, a series of cards, my dad would just buy a box of them mm. and I would get the set somehow in yeah, that right. box. But taking cards to school, because kids, I never collected Pokemon cards, but trading cards, kids used to go fucking crazy. It was like currency mm. at school, man. It was ridiculous. What if you going to school in prison? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll trade you three trading cards for a sandwich. I remember a kid got suspended for stealing a kid's Charizard. Legit. That card was worth a lot of money, suspended. man. Suspended. Yes. So not only was it important to the kid, it was important to the principal. Yes. <laughs> It wasn't just a, oh, come stole on. The prin- you stole the principal's charge. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so, it's, uh, th- I-, I found this one, this segment, I didn't even realise until I watched it for this review, it's very Final Destination. I said the same thing. Obviously, back then, that's not a movie that existed, but no. the whole dream sequence foretelling your death and then waking up to be in that event, yeah. And you never see this in all those Simpsons Predicted shit, Simpsons Predicted Final Destination franchise. There's, there's, yeah, there we go. There's another one. Yep. Motherfuckers. We should get that on a screen rant ASAP. Why don't we? I'm sure there's a <laughs> journalist sitting around somewhere that's just waiting to copy and paste something. If we shared heading Simpsons Predicted Final Destination, mm. a million clicks. Yeah. Not a million. Maybe, well, maybe 10,000. Let's try it. <laughs> Why not? Go home and write it tonight. So, getting back to the card. So, as you said, the poses for trading card photos. Oh, sorry. You just reminded me. I've got a... I'm going to live tweet... I'd been doing my Simpsons facts. Oh, yeah. Follow us at Four Finger Pod. Going quite yep. well on Twitter at the moment. Uh, it is. Although my uh, my weekend was rather taken up by other things, so I didn't tweet for a couple of days. That's okay, Mitch. Um, we forgive you. Did you know? <laughs> this is legit, though. Simpsons yeah. actually did predict Final Destination. Uh, no, well, that's not what I'm going for. Oh, what are you going to write then? Uh, did you know the Simpsons... Yes. ...actually... Actually what? ...invented... What? ...Halloween. Halloween or Halloween? Halloween. Ah, did they really? Hashtag Simpsons fact. So they're going through the trading cards and the gum is a, a sort of piss take on how the gum was always shit when you got the trading cards. Mm-hmm. Always hard. Like a uh, show bag, chewy. It's never. It's always stale and old. Never any good. Yeah, that's true. You know the best, Shaf- yep. the best chewy lollies that I used to get at school? Zappos. Do you remember Zappos? I do remember Zappos. They were, they the were kind of like a little sour tang. Yeah, yeah. so good. Uh, so then the bus... Goes off, veers off track, and nearly hits a, a truck, mm-hmm. and you realise this was just a dream. Yeah, it's actually quite a scary moment. It is. Yeah, it's really. And Bart has pissed his pants. By the sounds. Well, of it. maybe. But you think? I uh, hope that's. Sweat. He hopes it's sweat. It's a funny gag. Bart said traumatised over breakfast, and Lisa just doesn't seem to care. I didn't think Lisa was very in character here. It is only a dream. 
But well, she's, sometimes dreams. She's not they, massively the, in character, but again, Treehouse of Horror, you can give them some leeway for not having them totally in character. Lisa's a sub character in season five so far, anyway. Mm. Anyway. But sometimes you do dream. Have you had a dream that felt so real that you were angry even when you wake up? Not angry, but afraid. Yeah, what was yours? Uh, I dreamt that Nicola cheated on me once and I woke up and I was furious. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that happen to me. She was fu- Ash was furious at you. Well, let's not go into names. Um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I have had people dream that I had cheated on them and wake up shitty. I, I wasn't um, angry at Nicola. I was just angry. There's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a great line in a Benfold song about that, actually. Like, um, waking up to see that, like, you know, you've been, you're curled over on the edge of the bed and that's when I know you, she's going to be pissed when she wakes up for terrible things I did to her in her dreams. It's true. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> it's a fucking fear that you live in as a man. Any moment you might wake up and people will hate you for no reason. <laughs> but no, I, um, like, I've had dreams about people dying or something like that or, like, really vivid ones about a, f- one in particular was a fairly full-on car crash slash fire. Um, where of someone I was who was desperately living. trying of someone who was living in quite close to me that I was desperately trying to save and wasn't able to get to and woke up from that. And it's similar to Bart. Like that was one of the few times that I've woken up legitimately in a full sweat and just like fucking heart racing. Um, I was like that with my pet once too. Yeah, mm. it felt like my pet cat had been hit by a car. But, yeah, right. And, and I had to go check. You yeah, know, it just it gets to you. Yeah. Um, and outside of that, I think everyone's had a dream where they're falling. Um, I've yes. occasionally had a dream where. I've been playing cricket or football or something like that, and a ball is coming towards me at the moment that I wake up. And same deal, like you wake up and you're like, oh, yes. thinking you're about to be hit in the head. Yeah, it happened to me recently, actually. Uh, it, I don't know what it was, but I think it was just as I was about to go to sleep. Yep. So just sort of wake myself out. Oh, it was really weird. Anyway, so getting back, and Bart thinks, or well, he hopes he hasn't wet the bed, and he's traumatized over the breakfast table. Homer then walks in with the horn, which was a great <laughs> sort of, because that's what the truck sounded like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no reason but the fact that just that it needed to work for the gag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, honey. The scary part's over. Marge, look at all this great stuff I found at the marina. It was just sitting in some guy's boat. And it was a great sea plant for later on. When yeah. they get a great throwback. Anyway, so Bart then gets on the real bus in real life. And this is what I've got here. It's almost like Final Destination. He's Skinner's one of the, end, man. One of the better Skinner quotes. Oh, amazing. Mother hid my car keys as punishment for talking to a woman on the phone. She was right to do it. <laughs> the delivery. She yeah. was right to do it. <laughs> it's so great. Harry shined in this episode, didn't he? Yeah. Lisa then embarrasses Bart by saying that he's a little upset, so everyone be super nice to him. Yep. Where's your diaper? Which is drawing attention away from the Wayne computer Wayne shirt. Wayne computers? I want a Wayne computer shirt. I want a Wayne computer. Open <laughs> <laughs> Dictionary, what is Wayne computer? Oh, they were a brand. Really? Yeah, legitimately. They were oh, I thought a, it was just something Yeah, no, they were now defunct. Oh, I presume defunct, but they were uh, like an IBM or an Intel or something like that. They were a, wow. a, a computer company. Uh, what did your school always have? When in primary school? Our school always had Macintosh. Yeah, we had Macintosh. I think Macintosh was the thing. I never liked the single mouse button. No. As soon as Windows... As soon as I got my hand on a two-button mouse, I, I'd never looked Doors back. opened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then Bart sees the gremlin on the side of the bus, and this is where it kicks into the parody of it. Is it the terror... Terror... 20,000 feet. 20,000 feet, yeah. Which was the Shatner... When you think of it, do you think of the Shatner version or the Lithgow? I think of the Lithgow just because it was the first one that I saw. Yeah. And it's the one that I've seen the most often. I didn't even know there was a Shatner one until a couple of years ago. Yeah. It was always just the one on the airplane. I think season four, season five or something of the Twilight Zone. Was it that many seasons? Um, There was... Yeah, there was definitely five in the original and then they did like a follow-up sort of... It's not a sequel, but they tried to rejuvenate the show throughout yep. the 80s and again in the early 90s. I think they did the, like new, a reboot the new Twilight Zone. But yeah, it was might have been season three, season four, but it was around that mark. 
Did you ever see? Because I bought the DVD of it recently. Mm. I haven't watched it yet. Tales from the Crypt, the series. Is it any good? Episodes, but not with enough certainty for me to be able to answer that question. Is it similar to the Tales from the Dark Side movie? Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that. That's not bad for its time. Yeah. yeah, I'll watch it and let you know what I thought of it. I just feel like it's going to be a similar kind of vibe as the Twilight Mm. Zone, but a little bit more gory maybe. So then he tells Otto that there's a gremlin on the side of the bus. Yeah. This was a gag that I thought was funny for completely different reasons as a kid. Oh, right. I thought it was because he saw Mulman. He thought Mulman was a gremlin. I thought Mulman was a gremlin. I thought the same thing. It wasn't until tonight, actually, the first time I was properly paying attention to the episode. That's a gremlin. That I saw that it was, yeah, an AMC gremlin, which has been voted one of the 50 worst cars of all time. Yeah. I was just like, wow. That was a mind-blown moment. I was like, holy shit, have I never realized this? Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. So... It's just one of those gags that has completely different meanings for different people. Yeah. Or different age groups, I guess you should say. Or different levels of attention. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> different yeah. attention spans. Yeah. But then says the gremlin again, and he says there's a monster on the side of the bus. Ralph here actually says deceptive, which is the correct word to use. Mm. I thought this would have been funny if he had mispronounced the word as something else. Like he does me fail English, that impossible. Or is that too much? I, Do you like that kind of humor from Ralph? It becomes his character uh, later yeah, on. Yeah, it becomes his character. I, I don't mind it in isolation, but I also like the joke that he actually is... Using the right word here. Yeah? Because it, well, it subverts your expectations. So you think they deliberately made the effort to have Ralph say so. that? Yeah. yeah. It subverts your expectations a little bit. Yeah, I guess You're so. You're expecting him to say something stupid and then he comes out with a. It, it's like when Silent Bob speaks at the end of the movie mm. and, you know, de- develop, de- delivers a two minute monologue that sums up all of the emotion and the feelings of the preceding two hours after having not said a word. Mm-hmm. Mm. That, that's all. That's my point. Okay. It's, it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at me for more. I'm like, I've delivered. Give me my change. Give me my tip. Otto then realizes that nobody's driving the bus. I think Milhouse points it out to him. So he goes back. Then we get Kang and Kodos because they have to appear in every yeah. Treehouse of Horror. Yep. This is quite funny. Yeah. Taking the piss out of the humans, yeah. laughing at them in the yeah, as he said. Oh, that's yeah, that's interesting. What's right. it? Well, we'll get to that in the mail. Well, well Ah, that was a question. The yeah, mailbag, question it? for yeah. the mailbag regarding that. But that wasn't the moment they're thinking of. No, it's not. No. But I've suggested one, and I'm going to ask for listeners to suggest others. Okay. And they can't suggest this one either. And I know what we're talking no. about when we get to the mailbag. Skinner, <laughs> this is a great line from Skinner again. I hear there's a child <laughs> using his imagination, and I've kind of put a stuff to it. <laughs> <laughs> really, really well done. Uh, closes the blind, so Bart can't look out and see the gremlin anymore. Mm-hmm. I love here, these, this story and the next one are very similar in the sense that Bart's pleading to trying to say there's a gremlin here. No one believes him. Mm. Lisa's saying there's vampires here. He's a no vampire. One believes her. No one believes her. Yeah. Next time the blinds open, we get the groundskeeper Willie scare, which is funny, funny visual. Now, that particular shot mimics in the movie that exact moment, except in the movie, it is the gremlin's face that he sees. Yes. Like, he, he opens the little um, window flap. Yep. What the fuck are they called? The window <laughs> flap. <laughs> um, on the plane, and the gremlin's face is right there yes. staring at him. And it's not very scary-looking gremlin at all, is it? Not overly. But It's, it's about know. as scary as 1980 visual effects could afford. Now, this gag here of Millie, oh, Millie, Willie with the mule... Mm. I believe they only had that in there to have the gag of him having the bridle so they could tie Bart down. Probably. Because why else would Willie have that Why in his else hand? would he have it in his hand? Yeah. yeah. The gag doesn't really make sense. Why was he walking a mule? I don't mind the visual of that, though. <laughs> I like a joke that asks, that raises questions. That would be a really good card set. Moments from The Simpsons that are mentioned but never seen. Yeah. So Willie walking his mule. Yeah. We should get a shirt made of that. No one that, would buy it. Be fucking obscure. It'd be cool, though. <laughs> um... <laughs> And I did like I had to put seventeen bullets in it. Yeah. Um. Similar to or what's the me myself and Irene. 
I can't remember. Jim Carrey ha- is trying to kill a cow. I just remember him holding a dildo in front of himself. Uh, there's a, there's a moment where there's a cow that's like half dead on the road. I think it's been hit by a car or something. I do remember and this. And he's trying yeah. to do the humane thing and put it down. And he, he puts a bullet into it and he goes to walk off and then it mo- it moves again. He's like, oh my God. And then he puts another bullet and it moves again. And then like he just empties his entire clip. And then 20 minutes later, you get another detective going, you know, he emptied, um, he put 13 bullets into a prize cow. Damn thing's lucky to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Is that a funny movie though? Because as a kid, I remember seeing. I, it. I've never, I think I've seen it from start to finish. Because I haven't like, gone back. Like I sometimes with things like that, you know, your taste change. So I'm a little worried to say yes or no now because I don't want people necessarily to think. Like who knows? I might watch and think, oh, geez, there's some stuff in there that I cringe at. But when it came out, I thought it was fucking hilarious. That's Farrelly Brothers, wasn't it? Uh, it. Was some people yes. who did there's something about Mary? Something about Mary. Yeah, yeah. Me myself. Uh, <laughs> fuck, I'm tired. I was about to say, and me myself and Irene. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb and Dumber is and who I was stuck, going. Stuck on you. What I meant to say. Stuck, stuck, on, stuck on you. On you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Bart is pleading for anyone who will listen. He says to Milhouse, mm-hmm. you'll believe him, won't you? He creeps at Milhouse, who then goes to sit next to Uda. It's his mm-hmm. very first appearance. Yeah, introduction to Uda. Yes. Now, there was a big mistake. I remember someone wrote an article on one of those websites, like first appearances, mm. saying that it was like facts about The Simpsons. Uda is referenced here as a German exchange student because the writers couldn't think of a name for him yet. Yep. He's called Uda in the very next shot when Bart's talking to him. Oh, right. So you're saying the fact is in. I haven't, I haven't yeah, found the fact, the fact. I found it before. Like they're saying this yep. is Uda's first appearance, but he wasn't called Uda because they never have a name for him. Yeah, I'm like, right. Mm, pretty sure they did if you kept yep. watching it. So anyway, uh, what does he offer him? He offers him the Joy Joys, doesn't he? Uh, with iodine? Yeah, Joy Joys with iodine, something else. Something German. Yeah, yeah. Bart then sees the gremlin remove the wheel and he's like, Basically, we're about to die. We have to I do something. I love the way Skinner takes him down here. Yes. He just gets him in a sleeper hole. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just goes to town on him. Lash, tie him down with my bridle, whatever it is. Lash his hands to the seats. So they tie Bart down. And as punishment, he now has to sit next to Uda. Mm. Uda, making him lick his lollipop. Is, is, would you like another lick of my flavor, Bart? <laughs> but I love that Bart and but goes along and has his little... <laughs> but can't resist. Yeah, has to look at anyway. No, I don't think he has to. He's trying to curry favor. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But just that shut up. Yeah, he lets he gets Uda convinces him to let him go. This was great. The flares. So the yeah. flares have gone missing. Yeah, Jimbo has stolen them, putting them in Martin's pocket. Yep. Bart takes one. One fall. They both fall out. He puts one back takes in. Takes the there. time to put one back in. <laughs> That's so great. That could be another card. What <laughs> happened to Martin after the flare went off? Yeah. So then Bart opens, opens up the window, window and you get a great cabin depressurizing game. Yes, everyone's just as going crazy. Plane. Yes. Great scream from Harry as yeah. Skinner. And they eventually a good little back and forth between Willie and Skinner here too. I am um, I'm the only one doing the pulling your blouse wearing poodle walker. <laughs> uh he then they pull Bart in as in the meantime he throws the flare out, yep. hits the gremlin, the gremlin rolls off and gets hit by Flanders. Well we don't mm-hmm. know yet, he hits by a car. Flanders goes to help it, wraps it in a blanket. Yeah. It's one of those good moments where you don't know what's going to happen next. Hmm. Because the, the gremlin, you think, oh, maybe the gremlin's going to be nice. Treat it as a pet. You swipes it. It's ah, isn't that cute? He tried to claw my eyes out. It makes you think that that's the end of it for the gremlin. You don't think you're going to see him again. So then Bart, they realize that he actually wasn't lying, but they still sent him to the crazy house anyway. gets taken away. Then Flanders reappears. Or the gremlin reappears with Flanders. <laughs> well, hang on. De- yeah. Decapitated. Well, Flanders is still alive somehow. Decapitated, but somehow reanimated Flanders. Yes. Head. Yeah, mm. talking. Um, hardly hope. But good way to end it. There's several several times already they've ended the axe in the Treehouse of Horrors with screams fading into the black in the mm. mouths. I haven't a lot in the one where they had nightmares. Yeah, Treehouse of Horror 2, I think that yeah. one was. Anyway, so cut back and it's time for the final wraparound. 
and Bart's going through the art gallery and he gets through the dogs playing poker. Now, this has <laughs> a, a actual name, this painting. I don't know, actually. I feel like I've seen the actual painting. I've seen before. the actual painting before, and I've only ever found it by searching dogs playing poker. Okay. Well, that's probably what it's called. Hmm. So, a lot of art is actually just called what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, <it's> not- <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, it's a tree just growing out of a pond, and it'll look beautiful and serene. And, you know, it might be called, like, you would expect it to be called something like Blue Mist or La Shell or something like that. And it will just be called Tree in a Pond. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good for Google Analytics. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Good for SEO. So, uh, the, the, the joke here... <laughs> Sorry. Van Gogh and Monet were way ahead of their time exactly. for, for search engine optimization. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? It's a painting of lilies. What's it called? Lilies. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag lilies. So, uh, the, the gag here, obviously, is that this pinch, uh, painting isn't scary at all. Mm. Um, Homer somehow thinks it's crazy, and he's screaming at it. Bart says there was a story for this painting, but it was far too intense, so it's whipped up something about vampires, and we get the takeoff of... Bram Stoker's Dracula, I've which nev- is not a very good movie. I've only seen bits and pieces. That's one with Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah. yeah. And Gary Oldman. I've got the pinball machine of it, too. It's... <laughs> It's not great. I've got the pinball machine <laughs> of it. What an expert on the field you are. Exactly. I know. I just no. It's it's not a good movie. No. Keanu is bad. John Wick. The whole man. thing's no. I bad mean, in this, movie, he's bad yeah, in the yeah. movie. Um, the whole thing's bad. Just not good. John Wick to me is sort of like it, John Wick to Keanu Reeves. John Wick is like John Travolta to Pulp Fiction. Like a second coming for yeah. Keanu Reeves. Because what Possibly. was he? What when was the last time he did anything good? Anything notable? Where I didn't mind him in Street Kings. Which that, was, yeah, that was okay. With which Hugh, was a long time ago, two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. Um, yeah. Hugh Laurie and Forrest Whitaker, and it was uh, the same writer for LA Confidential. Um, okay. I, yeah, I didn't mind that movie and his role in particular in that movie. And there were some parallels between his role in that and John Wick. To be honest, John Wick was like my favorite Discovery movie of the last few years. Oh, it was great. I was out with a mate. I hadn't seen the trailer for it. Very rare that I go to the movies without having seen before. a trailer. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, oh, we're going to see a movie. What's it going to be? Blah, blah, blah. John Wick. Oh, well, all right. Let's see what Keanu's up to these days. And just blew my mind with how perfect that was for a B-grade action movie. If you like Taken, you'll like John Wick, in my opinion. Yeah. A re- revenge action film. Yeah. Which Mel Gibson used to be great at. But over the greatest... It's not like you've taken my daughter or anything like that. Like the, there's the line in there of you know, is it true that you struck my son? Yes, sir, I did. Do you mind if I ask why? Well, sir, he stole John Wick's car and killed his dog. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just knows. Like, uh, we fucked up. <laughs> I like the moment where they bring the car into the garage. Yeah, this car belongs to John Wick. Yeah. yeah. Get this car out of here now. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just yeah. If you haven't seen John Wick, make sure you get out and see it immediately. We should do a review on it for Patreon. It's the, amazing. Um, when we're doing what movie are we doing? You, what, you messaged me last week. The you Iron know? Giant. No, the Prestige. Oh shit! Sorry, the Prestige. <laughs> you just can't get the fucking Iron Giant off your mind. You never once discussed this with no, me. No, I was forcing. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I, I mixed up conversations. I had. Uh, I found out my best friend hasn't seen the Iron Giant before. So ah. the next time he's over, you were so excited. The Iron Giant. <laughs> I know, but no, the Prestige. Um, fuck, I love that movie. But we'll we'll. It was because I was talking to someone and then I started talking about the prestige and then I realized sometime into my sentence that a lot of time had passed. And I went, 
I should probably save this because I could go for an hour and a half on why this is such a good movie. If you haven't subscribed to us yet, this month's movie review was Jurassic Park, mm. which was really enjoyable, really fun to do, and we had a lot of good feedback for it. So $5 plus patrons get access to that on our Patreon. Now, why so, are we talking about that? Oh, sorry, John Wick, just quickly. Yes. <laughs> when Don from the newsroom shows up as a cop. Hey, John. <laughs> after he's like wiped out 13 bodyguards in his own house. Don, is it Don, in it? Yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah, he's just the cop that shows up very meekly at the door. He's like, you know, you back. Oh, of course. You back at work? No, this is just uh, something personal. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I love the newsroom too, by the way. <laughs> anyway, so getting back onto the Simpsons, Treehouse of Horror Four. So See, yes, there's um, not much to talk about, but we're filling the gaps quite yeah, well. I feel the <laughs> so like it opens with the news report. Another local peasant has been found dead, drained of his blood, with two teeth marks on his throat. This black cape was found on the scene. Police are baffled. We think we're dealing with a supernatural being, most likely a mummy. As a precaution, I've ordered the Egyptian wing of the Springfield Museum destroyed. <laughs> nice work, Ed. And in unrelated news, Mr. Burns has bought the blood bank. Yes. Uh, precious blood. But the funny thing about that was that Homer thought, he went, oh, business deal. Yeah. <laughs> But Lisa obviously says to the family, it's not a mummy, it's a mm. vampire. And drops in like Nosferatu, yep. the, unde- the Eternal Undead, I think. Yep. No, they understand Which what she's saying. Great name for a punk rock band, the Eternal Undead. I'm surprised that there wouldn't be Probably one already. Probably already is. Yeah. But, yeah. Burns then invites the family to his house in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Marge then says to Lisa, stop being so suspicious. Now mm. that everyone wash their necks, like yep. Mr. Burns asked, which is really great. Yeah, we get... In Homer, just like with an old dirty rag. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's been like the sort of thing you'd work on a, a car mechanic. with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you get a very direct Bram Stoker parody here. I was going to ask you driving it up is. and yep. it's Dracula's face in the sky looking down on them. Does it look cool in the movie or, is, or does it look stupid? No. Okay. <laughs> it looks better here, yeah? Yes. <laughs> uh, Burns then answers the door. What are these things called? The, where you talk over the speaker? Oh, PA system. It's not a PA system. Oh, like, well, a... Inside, intercom. Inside, intercom. I knew it was something com. Oh, mm. like, I can't quite think of it. Intercom. Welcome. Come in. Uh, fresh victims for my ever-growing army of the undead. Sir, you have to let go of the button. Oh, son of a bitch. Do you reckon... They, they would have him say bitch there, wouldn't they? I don't think they did. Because it sounded like I, bitch, You can it? tell when an yeah. actor has legitimately been cut off yep. or beeped and when the script only said bit. Because I was going to say, I don't think he did either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he just says bit. Which yeah. annoys me because it's never quite as realistic as if, you, nope. if they just say bitch. You've mentioned before on the podcast that a lot of actors in plays do it. They do. And it's because often it's because the next person won't cut, off, cut them off in time. And they know that their line is only supposed to be B-I- and then it'll be like hyphened or something like that. So like, really the other actor... Son of actor- a bit. And then they sort of look into their eyes like, please say your bit. Otherwise, I'm just going to be holding out bit for a little bit too long. So is it the other person's role to start saying their line before they've even said the word bitch in that case then? Yes. So- or Well, to know exactly when to come in. It's their role to have fucking researched and rehearsed. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um, yeah. It just... I could go on about bad acting in the theatre, but it, I don't... Too many people... Are like you say your line, okay? Now you've said your line. Now I'll act my line. Now I finish that. You get to say your line again, as opposed to a conversation that just flows back and forth. Yep, 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 yep. Not many people can be that naturalistic. Not all acting needs to be. I will point that out. Lawrence Olivier, you know, whatever, won many awards, and that's me covering my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, this whole segment is just the joke. Is that it's blatantly obvious that Actually, Burns is the vampire. Sorry, on the subject of 
pretentiousness. Alrighty, so back to this. Lawrence <laughs> Olivier. It's fucking Olivia. His surname is spelled O I L. I-V-I-E-R. That is not Olivier in any fucking sense of the word. Same with Rafe Fines. It's Ralph and Olivia. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> Sorry. It's just been something that's pissed me off for years. You feel better now? <laughs> I do. So, uh, obviously, as I said, this whole segment is about the fact that it's blatantly obvious that Burns is a vampire and mm. only Lisa can see it. He even says that and more to join my army of the undead over the intercom. Yep. Then he appears out of red smoke which also is another reason that he is obviously a vampire. My favourite part in this whole scene, though, is when he walks off and his shadow starts playing the yo-yo. Starts playing the yo-yo. It's a- yeah. <laughs> He's got a young, hip shadow. <laughs> it's really, really good. But also Homer's line of, Lisa's like, does that look strange to you? Yeah, his hairdo is so queer. Mm, I heard that. It was the boy. <laughs> he plays part. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, Smithers then serves him up blood, which Homer doesn't care because it's free blood. Mm. Uh, then Lisa deliberately spills it on Bart so they can go and spy because they have to go wash up. Yep. Great bait and switch here. The secret passage opens up. It's the laundry. Yes. <laughs> and then turn around the corner. Neon lights. Neon lights. <laughs> secret vampire room. Don't bring no garlic. Yeah. <laughs> they then go down there and Bart, Bart still doesn't believe it. He's seen all this secret vampire room. He sees all these coffins. He thinks it's no different to the mm. basement at Grandpa's rest, room, rest home. Uh, they then find the memoirs where it blatantly says, I am a vampire by C.M. Burns, mm. forwarded by... Forward by Steve... Uh, forward by yeah. Steve Allen. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's a funny line about, like, it's creepy. Oh, come on. It's no worse than the um, basement in Grandpa's nursing home. Yeah. Um, I liked that. So, like, they, they... All of the vampires coming out of the coffins had a real kind of old school 1920s, 1930s horror film look about Not it. Not in the Living Dead kind of feel. Kind of. Those zombies. But these, zombies. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, like... They were drawn to look like older prosthetics in horror movies, I felt, yep. which yeah. was... I, I, I enjoyed that. I loved the acting too from Nancy as about trying to warn yeah. Lisa. But do you think that actually yeah. was Nancy? Come on, I've seen your shemp too. Um, yeah, probably. I didn't think that it felt like it was in a different voice. Mm, I just, I, the, the husky the, where he's out of breath. Yeah, she's a voice actress. She, I, I, she's, 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 she's a what very they talented do. woman. I know this. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the vampires then obviously... A, Appear, they're sneaking up on them. They scare the kids. The kids run up the stairs. Mm. Lisa runs away. Super fun, happy slide. But I can't resist. Yeah. Who could resist? No, I think I could handle it. <laughs> I'm sure there are other super fun, happy slides in the world. <laughs> yes. Uh, but goes down. What I love is he knows what's at the bottom, but he still says, Wee! Yeah. As he's going down. Obviously, he gets down there. Mr. Burns bites him. We don't actually see him bite him, but mm. teeth come out. Cut back to Lisa telling the family. The family still don't believe her. And then it cuts to Bart, and he's just, I missed you during my uneventful absence. So, vampires become... They're not, they're not zombies, but what are they? Well, in Dracula, Dracula has the ability to kind of control the minds and therefore actions of the people that he's kind of grooming to become a vampire. So, become like mindless zombies to an extent, but they are vampires. In, a, in, a, in essence, yeah. Like, they're kind of under the, under the drive of the beast. Is this a good parody of Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yeah, it hits the notes that it needs to hit. All and the key then, moments of the movie? Apart from the tail end where it turns more into a parody of The Lost Boys. Yeah, with the bait, the bait and switch at the end, you're correct. So basically, the family still don't believe Lisa, even though Bart's got two teeth marks on his neck and he's brain dead. Homer's line here is great. Oh, Lisa, you and your story. Bart is a vampire. Beer kills brain cells. Now let's go back to that building thingy where our beds and TV 
is. Then it cuts to Lisa in bed, and Bart and the school friends are at the window scratching. They're mm-hmm. all vampires. Obviously, Bart's bitten them on the neck and yeah. turned them on to vampires. So this is like your first Lost Boys um, yes. parody. And not that I've seen it, I understand it's also a parody of Salem's Lot. I haven't Stephen seen that either, film. no. Okay. What is Salem's Lot about? Do you even know that? No. No, neither. It's about Salem's. Speaking of, last week, you mentioned Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Mm. Remember at the, at the start? Yeah. Guess who was coming to Australia? The cat. How'd you know? Well, <laughs> nah, Sabrina. I'm, I know his agent. <laughs> Sabrina. Okay. We should go there. Is she still hot? She was kind of hot in the show. Well, she's a mum now. So, mm. really, yeah, it's like, oh, I don't really want to... Oh, she is. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should interview her. <laughs> Alrighty, so, <laughs> that took a turn for the worst. What was her name? Melissa Joan Hart. Oh, Yeah. She was in the film clip. She was in a movie. Yes. And she, uh, there was <laughs> the, the Britney Spears song, um, oh, is it Stronger or something? Stronger. Whatever the Britney Spears song for her movie was, she's in the film clip for it at, a, at some school dance. Yeah, okay. Type Britney Spears, Melissa Joan Hart, and I'll tell you what song it is. I'll get to that. I'm trying to figure out what... Whether she's hot or not. She's in a movie with Adrian Grenier from, um, from Entourage. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> was she on Dancing with the Stars? Yes. She's hit her peak. She's hit her <laughs> absolute peak. Uh, 2007 film Holiday in Handcuffs. No, this was like 2002, 2001. Uh, so, you're around the era that she was doing Recess, School's Out. Really? Yeah. Um, that show was really big for a short period of time. There is almost nothing in here that I recognize. It started with S, the movie, I'm pretty sure. Striptease. No. Was she in Shipties? <laughs> no. Oh, damn it. Um, Satin? No. No, that's 2010. The Shirley Temple story? No. Okay. Type Britney Spears, Melissa Joan Hart. I feel like if I do that, we're going to get some of that weird kind of Photoshop porn. What, have, what have you found? What, is it, what has it got? Dri- you... Drive Me Crazy? That's it. Okay. You Drive Me Crazy. That's a Britney Spears song. Yeah, yep. that's it. But that's from a movie that Melissa Joan Hart's in. Anyway, so back to the episodes. Nearly finished. And Bart breaks through the window. I thought this was really odd. Is this a Lost Boys reference when he bursts through the window three different times, but it's the uh, same shot, three different angles? Just seems could be. Just seemed very odd. To it's be- kind of like a thro- like a who would do that? Brian De Palma or someone like one of those directors would pull that sort of move. I didn't like it. It's it's an older style of to try and show something being eventful that they show it a few more times. Okay, I it's also like a wrestling replay. I don't necessarily love it. Although, does the usual suspects do that with a coffee mug falling on the ground? I don't know if you see that from multiple angles. But yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I I get what you mean, and I'm I'm not a huge in in movies. I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't, but it, if this it, was parody it's just it's yeah. kind of jarring now because it's not done anymore. So you see yeah. it, and you're like, oh, yeah, anyway. it's weird. So basically, this is where you think Marge and Homer find out that Bart's a vampire for the first time, but mm. not quite. Uh, spoiler alert! So Bart's about to bite Lisa and. Homer and Marge and Grandpa scam away. Grandpa walks in with the stake and yeah. the hammer. Quick! We have to kill the boy! How'd you know he's a vampire? He's a vampire? Ah! It's a great, um, very underrated... Like, oh, It's a great line here that can show how underrated Marge can be. That, like, we have to do something. Today he's drinking blood. Tomorrow he's smoking. As, like, as, we've as got a, to stop this before it gets out of control. As a kid, did mean much to you. That's, hilar- that's a hilarious mm. line. As you said, the, so the plan is that they have to kill the head vampire. So they head back to Burns' estate. Yes. Well, Lisa assumes that Burns that that's is the head who, vampire. Yeah, exactly. I love, again, like the, the whole family's there apart from Bart at this point. And the joke that they throw in there is like, oh, this is so dangerous. I wish we could have got a babysitter for Maggie. Yeah, just, I know. Just taken her in. When I, f- I first saw that, I thought maybe that they 
had written her there and then realised, why would they bring the kid? Mm. And then throw that in like, line yeah. in later. Homer, like his son, sees the super fun happy slide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose killing will be fun enough. They go down. Oh, Homer's best line. Kill my boss. Do I dare live out the American dream? Yeah. I can't believe we've skipped over that. So then they go down and he starts hammering Mr. Burns. Mm. In his crutch. Heart, in the crutch. That was a line. For some reason, I remember my dad absolutely loved it. When my dad first yeah, watched right. that, I just remember my dad just pissing himself laughing and yeah. I didn't quite get it. I was like, eh, I don't know why my dad's laughing at it, but I guess it's funny because he's laughing. Mm. Then he kills Mr. Burns. He dies, comes back to life, fires Homer and dies again. Then Lisa, around the kitchen table, Lisa thinks that everything's back to normal. Until Grandpa flies in as yes, a vampire. As a vampire. <laughs> Crashes into the fridge. Really cool animation. <laughs> <laughs> Tea falls out, bang. Then everyone reveals that they're all vampires. And Lisa's like, well, this doesn't make sense because we killed the head vampire. Then immediately she assumes that Homer is the head vampire. But no, who is it? Marge. Because she has a life outside this I house. I do have a life outside this house, you know. Then we get the, the ending, which never really made much sense to me. But I looked it up. And it's a, par- a parody of the Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, Peanuts. I've yeah. Nev- I never really watched Peanuts or read the comics or anything. No, me either, to be But it has honest. a really... It's a guy who like hardcore fan base. Like, if you like Peanuts, yeah. you really like it. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. So, that's the end. What do you think of it, overall? I think it's one of the better Treehouse of Horrors that they've ever done. I'd still put the one with the shinning above this, but this is certainly one of the best. This would be my top three. Yeah. I think four, five, and six are the best. Yeah. They're just... They're really, really great. What do we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from this episode, Mitch? That when given anything to drink that is free, the smartest thing you can do is to drink it. I learned that if you want to get a free small soda at the movies, just say you're a vampire. Jamil! Jamil is here! So now it's time for the mailbag. Mailbag. Now, we will not be reading out any patrons' names this week because, Mitch, why not? We've already explained why not. I know. I don't like... What if they chewed in halfway and they don't know? It's a fucking podcast. <laughs> They're listening to it on their own time. Rewind the thing. Stay tuned for three weeks from now. You get your name read out. Thanks to everyone that supported us on Patreon this week. All the new patrons. $5 plus gets your name read out on the air. Plus access into exclusive podcasts and videos. Let's plays and movie reviews. And plenty of other stuff. So, uh, the $2 plus per month gets mm-hmm. you access into the monthly premium episode review podcast. Yep. Last month we did... Uh, which one was it? The rugby one? The Super Bowl Sunday, one. Sunday, 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 Sunday. The rugby one. Yeah, I know. Then this one, what are we doing? This week, what are we doing? This month, what did I say? It was we chose one. I can't the mysterious voyage of Hunter yes. Simpson. All right, we'll do that one. Yep. Cool. And also send your suggestions in. We'd love to hear what you guys want to hear us review. So mm-hmm. mailbag at fourfigurediscount.com.au. Now, Mitch, what have you got for us this week? Okay, so we're going to kick off with what we'd referenced before. This one is written into us from Alex. Uh, help me, Mitch Obi Dando Kenobi. <laughs> that is. You're my only hope. That is um, convoluted at best. This, uh, may I preface, is a Simpsons in everyday life. Um, okay. The story itself is not so exciting, but the use of said quote slash action is so ingrained in this in Alex that he can't remember what episode it actually came from. Um, whenever I have or am witness to an awkward moment, I always grab my collar, I grab the collar of my shirt with my index finger in the shape of a hook and pull on my collar a couple times and make the awkward <laughs> noise. So in his, he's rem- he remembers it from actually seeing like the Simpsons were watching a TV show, and the it's like a court scene or something, and the king says uh, off with his head wow, about that's the like season fifteen, 14. and everyone else that pulls on the things like oh, oh, oh on the TV show before that. So I I haven't I don't remember that one specifically, but I'm wondering because of the like they've used that gag so many times. Yeah, is he confusing his memory? Because like my one that I remembered was Bart's comet. Um, when they are going to blow up the comet, it ends up blowing the only bridge out of town, cut to all of Springfield doing the... Yeah, that's right, they too, yeah. So, 
I uh, Obviously, Kang and Kodos was this one as well. Kang and Kodos in this uh, Treehouse of Horror, as we alluded to before. So, for listeners out there, send... Send? I suppose. Send into Mailbag as many suggestions as you possibly can in this week, because I'm not going to keep repeating on this. Uh, when do you remember a moment from The Simpsons? Do it. Eric Lutringer writes in, uh, Eric has got a little bit of a, also a call out to the fans to get an answer for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's our hemp smoking friend from Colorado. Shine on, you crazy diamonds. What Eric wants to know about is to try and clear up some debate on when Lisa's birthday actually is. On the Simpsons Wikia page, it says that she was born on May 9, which he's sure is sourced from an episode. However, Marge saved the newspaper from the day Lisa was born in Lisa's first word. The front cover of the paper reads, Mondale to Hart, where's the beef? That event happened on March 11th, 1984. He sent me a C-SPAN video. Um, although in Flashback and Future episodes, it seems her birthday is, some, is closer to the time around 1990 as the start of the series. So, does anyone out there is anyone out there able to help us figure out this mystery? When is Lisa actually born and what is the definitive proof? I think this is just one of those cases where the creators have decided what her birthday is. It's on the Simpsons Wikia, but then they've just made a few gags here and there that you're just supposed to forget about. Mm. It's just a passing gag that makes the actual birthday not May 9th, but it's just meant to be funny. Yeah. I've got an email here that I've got from Tank. Tank Hafferturpen which is definitely a real name. He is name. a patron. I remember reading his name out. Hi, guys. Just wanted to let you know... Uh, to, sorry, just want to send you a quick message to let you guys both know I'm a big fan of your podcast. Thank you very much, Tank. Cheers, I man. think you both have great chemistry on air. I like that he's pointed out on air and is aware of the fact that we hate each other off air. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Tank lives nearby. Look at the clock. I'm like, you better be fucking out of here in 10 minutes. <laughs> Stop stinking up my fucking studio. Yeah. <laughs> um, what he likes about the show is that for him, he looks forward to it each week because it's like inviting a couple of friends over to enjoy something, which is nice. Mm. Um, we'll have pizza sometime. I he recently used to the recently moved to the United States from Greensboro to be, oh, hang on, she. We've said he a few times. That's unfortunate. I moved to the United <laughs> States. <laughs> well, Tank just seems like a gladiator now. Uh, you moved to the United States from Greensboro. To, well, well, hang on. To, wait, I could be wrong. Just it does just say to be with my husband. Ignore everything that we just said in case I've accidentally committed a fucking hate crime. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. Regarding your recent review of Jurassic Park, so this is, you mentioned yeah, yeah. this, we did this on Patreon. You, Dando, mentioned that the raptors were too big, um, as in for what size they actually would have been in real life. Yeah, they changed it to suit the movie. Yeah. He would like to think that B.D. Wong's character was in on a conspiracy of genetically engineering the dinosaurs by modifying the DNA of existing animals to closely approximate what dinosaurs would, other uh, customers would expect the dinosaurs to look like. No actual dinosaur DNA was used. Now, that would work with the fact that in Jurassic World, they're genetically modifying whatever the fuck they want because they're trying to give people a new thrill. I don't know why it's not legit. Because Sam Neill fucking describes them as predators at the start before he even knew about this shit. Hmm. Well, cop that tank. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the show, our show has inspired him to get back into podcasting Um but finding a, he's struggling with naming the show. Wanted to know now. Four finger discount. You like you just came to me and said the show will be called Four Finger Discount. I went, all right. Did you ever have any other names before that? Nah, none no, at all. None no, at all. It just popped in and you went. Yep. That's what it's going to be. Okay. Uh, the other question is, how has the show changed our lives? I uh, social media. Like it's just, I feel like I have a creative outlet now. Yeah. That. We, I know a lot of the stuff we post is sort of like reposting stuff that other people have created, but yeah. I get a big kick out of being able to 
share the love. And I feel like this show has made me, has helped me reach other fans of The Simpsons that I never knew existed. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like I was the only Simpsons fan, but I felt like The Simpsons weren't getting the love they deserved. Mm. I feel like our page and our podcast has helped unite people around the world. Yeah. That's true. I see my wife a lot less. That was the first thing that I noticed. Well, that's that one changed. positive. And yes. I see you a lot more. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love the fact that I can throw a message out on Facebook or Twitter or something along those lines and say, hey, I'm going to be in this town for a couple of nights. If anyone would like to catch up for a drink, let us know. And I'm probably going to get someone say, yes, I would like to catch up for a drink. And, you know, you can go somewhere on your own and still have a fun time. That's, that's a really cool kind of community aspect of what we do. I just love that I've been able to turn my love for The Simpsons into something useful. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, just love for pop culture in general as mm. well. I've been able to almost legitimize... Well, not almost. I've been able to legitimize what up until now had been a nerdy and somewhat annoying obsession. Um, but I also like that I now have an international platform to do the equivalent of walking around bashing pots saying, I am so great. <laughs> I am so great. Everybody loves me. I am so great. <laughs> you realise you have to. I'm going to film you doing that in your underwear with a fucking pot on your head. Oh, all right. Not today because no, no, not wearing But any. that is going to be a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> it is coming, people. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Uh, and, I'll do it if you do it. Um, <laughs> final question that we've got. It's coming in from Guy Incognito. What he wants Homer? to know is... Who is Homer? What is our most quotable line from a as minor a character as you can think Most of. Most quotable line. So, in his case, uh, his is legs. I'm seeing double here. Four crusties. When would you ever use that as a quote in real life? Uh, whenever you saw either two or four of something. So, obviously, gets concussed a lot. Or he likes buying Hot Pockets. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> I don't quote all the time, but I always love lose. We need pretzels. Repeat <laughs> Pretzels. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, that's not bad. I, I, I just having... I was originally going to go with the comic book guy quote and then I re- I reread the email properly and saw that, that it had to be as minor a character as possible. As minor as possible. Mm. So, I'm going to go... I'm going to stick with the mafia theme. Mm-hmm. What have I done I to knew deserve say such that. a flat, flavorless Manhattan? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it's the best mafia quote of the lot. Yeah. So, any other questions for this week, Mitch? Or is that the mailbag wrapped up? All done and dusted. That- Fini. Completo. Is, is that a word, Completo? I don't think it so, but it is now. <laughs> uh, it is Finn. So, thanks for listening to our review of Treehouse of Horror 4. We apologise that it wasn't in-depth, but you know, it's it's a non-canon... I think it was in-depth. We tried our best. Just about a lot of different things. Yes. it's just, they're, they're non-canon half an hour or 22 minutes of just enjoyment. They're not meant to be critiqued. There's nothing that's going to continue to the next episode. There's no... There are one-night stands. There's no overriding themes. As opposed to the relationship of the rest of the episodes. Yes. So, thanks for listening. As we said, Mitch... Any final words for the listeners? Obviously, thank our supporters um, again, once again, uh, Pop Culture, yes. net. Simpsons quotes that nobody gets anymore, Facebook page, and of course, Podbean. And look, no, no normally I we do the last words and I try to think of something funny off the spot and Dando holds a gun to my head until I've made you laugh. But what all I'm going to do this week and probably for next week is just a quick reminder that on the 27th of March, we're going to be in Adelaide as part of a discussion panel uh, a, kicked off by... Mr. Burns, a post-apocalyptic, a post-electric play, I think it's called. Um, but so it's a play that's going to be put on in Adelaide in the coming months. It's about, it's loosely, well, it's not based off, but it's kind of about people recreating the episode Cape Fear in. It's all they have. In a po- in, it's yeah. all they have in a post-apocalyptic world is their memory of this, and they created it as a, as a touring kind of group. 
and it then kind of changes the way society acts, you know, 100 years down the track. Um, but anyway, so I'm going to be live on stage um, in a discussion piece about this play. If you are in Adelaide, um, it's pretty cheap. I th- tickets tickets really aren't very much for it at all. Can we throw a link up in the description for this? Can you send it to me? No, I'll find it. It's, it's in the email. Yeah, no, no, yep. no, yeah. So we'll put up a link to be able to buy tickets. We might even throw that out on the Facebook page as well. So any Adelaide listeners out there, have a beer with Mitch. Yeah. Karaoke uh, time. Exactly. It's just on the tail end of the Adelaide Fringe, so it's kind of perfect time to be out and about in the city of churches. Sounds good. Next week, obviously, we are doing a review on Marge and the Lamb, which was... Ah, nice. Um, it's sort of like a forgotten one, isn't it? Marge and the Lamb is the Thelma and Louise Thelma and Louise, parody, yeah, it? yeah. It's where we get Laura Power's mum yeah. into more of a predominant role. Yeah. It is very funny. Anyway, so it is... That's actually one that I probably remember in this season. It's one that I would remember the least about. So exactly, that's going to yeah. be a really good one to sit down and it's watch. It's got the really good sub-story of... Not sub-story. It's sort of part of the main story, but Chief Wiggum and Homer chasing after him. Yeah. Being scared at yeah. night. Yeah. Good so, old-fashioned chase music. Yeah. <laughs> so Margin the Land next week. Thanks for listening, guys, to our review of Treehouse of Horror 4. You guys are all awesome, and we'll catch you guys next week. See you guys. Shh.